This parable of uh, today, usually uh, of the ten virgins and their oil lamp, it's, um, it's a sign of perseverance. And that's why what Jesus says in the end, watch because you neither know, know the day nor the hour. And that is appropriate, but in the, the early stages of the church, early Christians, they had a very high, in high esteem, virginity. And uh, n not anymore, unfortunately. Uh, not the Christians, but the world in general. And even the pagans have high esteem of virginity. There was actually what was called the order of virgins in the early church. The order of virgins, there were no, no monasteries around. We didn't have the Society of Mary, like, things like that. There were no congregations, no orders. And so, but there were still young women who liked to consecrate their lives to the Lord. So they would do that individually. And those were call, called the virgins in the early church. And they became like, like a sort of an order under the overseeing of the bishop. But anyway, now, nowadays to think about or to talk about virginity, it's a little bit bizarre in our world or out of place. It's unthinkable to, to talk about that. But I would argue that there are two ways of, in the modern world to talk about sexuality in general. And both of them are unhealthy, and they share something. The first one is permissivism. So it's when someone says, well, it's a free-for-all, the hookup culture, we know all about it, right? Um, we can't control this drive that we have, so let it loose. That's one take on it. The opposite one, it's the one of the ones who thinks we have to repress our sexual drive, right? They, have, they share in common something, that they understand that our sexual drive and morality, they can never come together. They are always at war, right? So one of them says, you know what? Let it, let it be what it has to be in. Don't worry anymore about it, and that's it, right? Give in to it. The other one says, no, let's kill it. Annihilate it. Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah? <laughs> Annihilate it, right? So get rid of it. Um, but neither one of them is um, it's able to complement it, complement each other. Now, we have permissivism on one side with a sexual revolution and all of that in which the mentality is, well, this is irresistible, right? We, we, sexuality and sex, it's, it's, a, it's chaos. It's uncontrollable. So let's not try to control it, right? Let's go with it. Um, then there are some uh, watered-down versions of, of that when we see what comes out of that, rape, abuse, porn, etc. Say, okay, well, yeah, but uh, without the other consent, maybe not, 
you know, we come to some sort of weird thing, right? Um, but in the end, this, this type of, of mentality believes that sexuality has no meaning, really. It's like unconnected with who I am and unrelated to myself. So if I have, if using sex or uh, practicing sex or whatever, uh, it's like using a beanie. It doesn't really matter if you use a red beanie or a black beanie or if you don't use a beanie at all because you know, it, it's, it's, it's not essential, right? It's not a part of who you are. Hmm? But that's not true. And the second one is the opposite. Let's get rid of this because it's nasty, it's evil, and it's bad. And so we're repressing it. But if you want child to uh, go in one direction, try to prohibit something. And you will make him go in that exact direction. I remember being in the car with my mother, and she saw an accident. And she said, we are five siblings, okay? And so she was driving back from school or something like that. We were all, all in the car, five kids, yeah, in the car. And there was an accident, it was bloody, and not good for kids to watch, really. And so she said, don't look to the right. Woo, everybody turned to the right, you know. <laughs> so that's what, what usually happens with this. It's like there's repression, so something's prohibited, but at the same time, it becomes more attractive, right? And then there's this unhealthy cycle of um, prohibited, attractive, you give in to it, it's uh, liberation, but then it's dissolution. Well, I feel guilty, I don't feel well with it, and then it's a new repression, and so it's a cycle. It's just a cycle. Um, in the end, they coinc both visions, like the Puritan one and the very liberal one, if you want, they coincide, they, they, they have something in common. They believe Sexuality, it's, it's chaotic. Well, that's not what we believe. <laughs> At least not me. <laughs> Could we talk about integrating sexuality? The sign outside, it says pristine purity. Well, pristine, if I'm not wrong, this is my second language, but pristine means immaculate. Right? No stain. Well, that's angelic, not human. Instead, I would suggest, I didn't come up with a name, but <laughs> instead of pristine, integrated sexuality. So it's not so much something that morality or what we have to do against our drives, but this desire that it's in us subjected to a higher power, which is the power of our soul. And let me uh, draw an analogy here that might help. It works the same with, with food. The, the analogy has its limitations, but it helps. So if 
if we were to think the same way about food, well, let's just give in to it because I cannot help it, you know. Like, you would be really fat and obese, and, you know, right? <laughs> but then, if you say, no, 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 I don't have to eat anything at all. It's, it's bad because, well, then you have a problem too, right? And uh, you don't want to go in, in, in one of those directions. How about having the ability, and this is virtuous life, of refraining from food when you have to and have just the appropriate amount when you have to. Hard, very hard. And that's why it's so hard to fast, for example. When someone starts fasting, we don't, we don't have it all together. And so we are always thinking about food or we, we are uh, we have bad temper when we fast. Oh, what a coincidence, you know? <laughs> Why would that be? Um, well, it's because we don't have it integrated, yeah, uh, with us. It's a higher power that has dominion and rules over the lower desires of ourselves. It's not that it's evil. It's not that it's out of place. It's not integrated. And so it disintegrates us, pulls in different directions, yeah? Because it's not subjected, it's not surrendered to the soul and to God, ultimately, if God is in your soul, right? So the submission to it is, is the actual way to integrate it. And integration means a virtuous and peaceful experience of sexuality. Not something that's constantly a, a war in me, something I live, it's, it's, I have a peaceful experience of it. That's to, what it happens when you actually integrate sexuality. You have a peaceful experience of it, not something that is always turmoil inside. So that's what happens to be when, when we allow our soul to pierce, so to speak, uh, to rule that desire. So I wrote the three tips for living sexu sexuality in an integrated way, but more than three tips, are three manifestations, really, of, uh, of someone who lives in this state. The first one is that the one who has an, his or her sexuality integrated, it's proud of being chaste. So some people are not proud of living a chaste, chaste life. If they are asked on campus, uh, well, I don't know, change some job, the, the subject, I don't know. Um, but we have to be able to, to be proud of how we live it in a Christian way, obviously. The second one is to strive for a life of to total surrender of all our desires to God. And that's what happens not only with food, with sex, with 
every desire to surrender those to the Lord, to be able to do that. And that's a manifestation too of it. And the third one is to sacrifice, because it implies sacrifice, all of this, but to be merry at the same time. Not to feel like, oh, I cannot have, you know, free sex or with whomever or hook up with uh, the first person that comes uh, to me. So I'm like, oh, I have this, I'm Christian. <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm part of the Newman Center. Too bad, you know. Uh, but instead to be proud and to be happy to live like this. If you have that, if you are able to do that, it's because you are starting to integrate it. Yeah? So it's, it's what comes out of it. Not so much a war, but a peace, a certainty. Like someone who's, who, 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 like I said, who, who's able to, to control himself and use it rightly, just like with food. It's hard, it requires discipline, it requires hard work, but when you acquire that, it's so much easier. And things, it's, it's smooth, everything's, uh, it's smooth, it's, 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 yeah, it's easy. And that's what virtue is for, is to make things easier. When you are virtuous, you do virtuous things easily. You, there's no effort. There's effort in acquiring the virtue, but once you have it, it's easy. It's like when you go for a run, or when you're out of shape, you go for a run, like me, you almost died, right? <laughs> it's like two blocks away from the parish and I cannot even breathe, yeah? I'm out of shape. I, I, I'm not enjoying it, yeah? I'm suffering because I'm getting in shape. But if you're in shape, you run and run and you... You're like Gigi. You have fun running. You know? Everything's perfect. And you can run for miles and miles. Yeah? And you, your body doesn't even soar. That's not my case. But that's when you acquire a virtue. Yeah? So it might, in the process, we may have to fight a little bit. But once you acquire it, it's like being a professional runner. You can run and run and run and run for miles without even being tired. And that's the magic of chastity. That's the magic of integrated sexuality. So let us ask today the Lord to bless us with this wonderful, but uh, a scandal to the world, this wonderful virtue.